along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Possen and Ron Kolick. Right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and wherever the hell else we have played. So, there we go. I, I, I understand you have a busy, busy week at radio this week, right? I believe, yeah. Finally, um, yeah, Marla. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And don't forget Willie's show in the UK tonight. Good for Willie. He has you as a guest. He does not. Yes, he does. No, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He absolutely does not. It's all over Facebook. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. He's going to be very disappointed then. No, I'm just saying. Seriously? Seriously? Nah. Uh, seriously, I'll send you the link. Going to make me go onto the computer and get it? I will. Yep. Uh, send me the link, because I've agreed to nothing. Uh, okay. Anyways, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's always surprises on this show. That's why I love it. Yeah, surprise to me, too. Come on, send me the link. Yeah, I will, but not now. I'm working. <laughs> hey, so anyways, I, I, I wonder if you got this, but I, I received this email and I thought I'd bring it up because it's it. Uh, I know it has a lot to discuss, really. So anyways, it says, greetings, I run XXX and an emergency response team for all aspects of the paranormal from spirit, malevolent entities, UFO, alien abduction, Bigfoot and other cryptics and everything in between. If it strikes terror in, in clients, it is a concern of ours. Same with the respect given to spirits and other paranormal beings, unless they are malevolent. What we bring to the table, our astral combat team. Two scientists, one biologist, have been in the field for 20 years, and we have a lab that we can analyze, wait for it, Bigfoot hair or ectoplasm. And we also have a retired uh, meteorological scientist so we, that work with NASA uh, so we can be available for weather and atmospheric anomalies. They also have a drone specialist. So this is a really uh, on the top team. So basically what this team wants to do, and give it, wait a minute, wait for it. There is a problem in the paranormal field that needs to be addressed. The lack of ethics, the lack of resources, the lack of training, the lack of unity. These I would like to work on correcting by creating the blank, blank, blank. All teams are interested and have signed up. They must sign to these codes of ethics and agree to abide by them. And you get a seat on the council if you do. So there you go. That's pretty good stuff, huh? Awesome. Yeah, it also. Sorry, I was I was distracted. Yeah, I mean, a by the bullshit that you just were rambling on about, and b the discovery that I apparently nine till ten Eastern Daylight Time, I'm supposed to be on the radio. 
I told you. Yeah, but what I can't understand is the time. Is that like, because it says 9 to 10 EDT GMT. Well, uh, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Back to the yeah, back to the other thing. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have brought that up. You just totally destroyed. I mean, I did so much of reading in that, and you just ruined it on me. Yeah, well, I just, you know, you threw me a curveball before you yeah, started. Yeah, but I could have handled that off air. Duh. Anyways. Duh, well, you didn't. You blurted it out when we were on air, so I dealt with it. Anyway, we'll figure that out. Well, I was promoting Mala's show, but uh, and Willie's show, but evidently, uh, anyway. Yeah, evidently, yeah, yeah. I so decided. Did yeah, you get cool. this email? Um, I did get the email that you sent me. Yes, and uh, you know, my I was astounded. Uh, I mean, I can't disagree with the idea that that you know it's a fairly chaotic and chaotic world, but. Uh, the paranormal, but whether we actually need uh, a group or organization to, we've got many, you know, we've got, this has been done before so many, so many times, and it it's doomed to fail because what you're ultimately dealing with is, you know, trying to, it's like trying to herd cats, isn't it? You know, one group is going to fall out, it, it's a given that, Groups are going to fall out with each other. They're going to disagree about ideas. And then you have this group saying, well, you're all rubbish and we're better than you. We're going to oversee and police you. It's, Which is it's, pretty much this group is, is doing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. What, what irritates me, I think, in this whole thing is that, first of all, they have their, what do they call, emergency response team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Which covers... What color lights they use? I don't know, vehicle. which covers paranormal from spirits, malevolent entities, UFA, alien abduction, Bigfoot, cryptoids, and everything in between. No offense, but how can you divert all your efforts into such a wide spectrum? And, and, wow. and, and, and they're clearly evident. They go, if you read up either further, it goes into about house clearings and everything else. It's like, what are you? What What is the purpose of your group? Which is the... The problem with so many groups nowadays, they you don't know what it comes down set to. a goal. Well, wow. what it comes down to is they're touting for business. Basically, they're saying everybody else is rubbish. We're going to oversee you all, condemn everybody else, and we want to be, you know, the the one stop shop to go for for everything. But the problem with that is you end up. You, you, I'm sure the the in America you have the same saying: uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. You know, you cannot, you cannot hope. I mean, ASAP over here tried to, several years ago, they tried to um, set themselves up as the official regulatory representative body for paranormal investigation. But as it was pointed out, that covers everything from, you know, ghost hunters to tree huggers and everything in between. The needs and wants of this hugely disparate group of people are legion. And you're never going to get them to agree. You can never... You can never hope to bring any form of order to that. Moreover, um, it's rather like getting paranormal groups to agree is rather like trying to get Islam and Christianity to agree. They both have many things in common, but fundamentally their beliefs are so diverse from each other that all that they end up doing is throwing bombs at one another, um, albeit on social media. Uh, I have to interrupt. I've just got a message from Parex. Seems we're not connected. I don't know if our producer, Ben, has dropped the ball here. 
Oh, what is the password? Okay, thanks a lot. All right, that makes it hard. All right. Don't say it on air. Yeah, exactly. So what you end up with doing is it, when you're dealing with the paranormal, you are dealing intrinsically with people's beliefs. They either believe that the paranormal, you know, ghosts are real and that they represent dead people coming back or that they don't or something in between. And you're, you see it every time you log on to social media. You see somebody will put up their evidence or their idea or their theory and it will be shot down and then they fall out and then they start name calling. Then they block each other and that's the end of paranormal unity for another week. Uh, You cannot hope to regulate. You cannot hope to bring order to this chaos. It just won't happen because you're dealing with something that's so similar to people's religious beliefs. It would be like trying to get. Well, the thing that kind of irritates me more than anything and the paranormal unity and all stepping aside is that they are taking the entire realm of the paranormal and they're trying to regulate it all at once. You cannot, the way I look at it, you cannot regulate or, or you know, come up with a set of protocols for investigating Bigfoot and use that for the same protocols for investigating ghosts or investigating alien abductions or investigating whatever. It, there are different they are they are different but there are some i mean you can say uh that there are similarities and you can use those similarities as a common basis so for example like when you're investigating a crime you you would uh examine all of the evidence see where it leads blah 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 form a conclusion uh, yeah but it's the people doing the analysis yeah exactly that's the problem what you end up with is a situation where, well, we've analysed the pictures. Well, how have you analysed the pictures? Well, we've had our photo expert look at them. Well, what did he do to the pictures? How how did, you know, layout? I remember at school, when you do science at school, one of the key things was you had to show the workings out. You couldn't just reach a conclusion. You had exactly. to show the steps like by which you got math, there. right? Yeah. In, in math, and then somebody yeah. can come along and then they can repeat those steps and test your um, conclusion. Now, the idea that, okay, uh, trust us because our photo expert who has had a camera for 20 years has analysed it and he says it's paranormal. Yeah, but how did he reach that conclusion? I want to go back or give it to another photo expert and get him to go through those steps um, in, in a stepwise fashion to see if the same conclusion comes out. Oh, well, we can't tell you that because um, it, it, it's a trade secret or it's a group secret or we have special software or or, you know, he has special expertise that we're not allowed, you know, it's a secret society. It, it, it's complete nonsense. If your science works by being open and transparent, when, it, when a scientist publishes a paper, other scientists can go along and they can, they can review the, the results and they can follow the experiment and they can test the conclusion. And that's the way it works. You know, you cannot. And then this idea of paranormal rescue, you know, an emergency response squad, well, you know, you and I have both been around the block a few times. We've been in this a few years. And I have never been in a situation that I can recall where I had to form a re- emergency response squad and, you know, leap into the white vehicle, put the blue flashing lights on in the middle of the night, and go zooming around the, around the block to, you know, save somebody from the paranormal. Most often the case, you hear, you hear these bizarre stories. You see it on television programs, you know, um, 
The family have been living in absolute terror and fear for the last two years. Well, if they've managed to survive two years, it's pretty benign. <laughs> because, you know, it's like saying the family have survived in the shark tank for two years. Well, it's probably either a dead shark or a vegetarian <laughs> shark. It, if you if you can survive, it's not going to hurt you, is it? You know, this, this idea that you need emergency response, it's... It's akin to the idea that you know everything's demonic, everything's evil, everything in the paranormal world needs you know you need to be saved from it. Bullshit. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's and first of all, you, you really don't want to rush into things. You want to understand what's going on. For instance, I mean, let's let's talk about the probably one of the the oldest organizations to investigate the paranormal, and that's the Catholic Church. If you want to go in and, and you've got a exorcism or something else they're not just going to go running in and do an exorcism they do a lot more research before you even get to that point don't you agree uh, i absolutely agree and moreover they don't just do research they put many many obstacles in the way um that would prevent an exorcism being done um immediately mm-hmm you, you, there are lots and lots of steps that have to be gone through in order for an exorcism to be achieved. And in any criminal investigation, in, a, in any form of investigation, you do need to take stock of the situation, assess what you're dealing with. You know, somebody phones you up and they might be in a flat spin panic and they might be, oh, it's terrible. You know, I need somebody to come straight away. Um that might be what they're saying to you, but you have no information on that. Say so. You can't just go rushing off in the dead of night somewhere. You have to get the facts. What's How do you know what proper equipment to take? Well, what's the problem? You know, what what is transpiring? What's happened so far? What has led you to the point where you need to phone me in this in this in this panic? Um, you cannot also expect to go. You wouldn't go to a doctor and say. You know, burst through the door of the surgery and say, give me medication. The doctor would immediately say, what for? Um, I need to do some tests. I need to uh, assess you. I need to make a diagnosis. And then I need to decide what medication is the most effective. That's what, the, that's what any investigator needs to do. They need to assess the situation before they make a diagnosis. But often you end up with this situation where they make an on-the-spot diagnosis because the person's, you know, they have decided it's a demon. Therefore, they need their demon hunting kit. And while we're at it, we might as well get the EVP kit. You know, it's all it's all a terrible, you know, this whole paranormal conspiracy demon. It, it, it just plays to the to the worst of human nature. I was watching a documentary earlier today, and it was a guy who has spent a number of years um, exploring the paranormal. And he's developed an interest in Area 51. So he took himself and his children and his family to Rachel, Nevada, and they went to the Little Alien. And while he was there, um, he, he set up a camera to look at the skies because he was convinced that he would see UFOs. The second thing he did... Um, is get out his ghost box because he then he believed that the aliens would then communicate with him using the ghost box. Oh, they get, did he get a message from them or something? Of course, uh, absolutely, of course, because we, we both know that with the ghost box you can make 
that nonsense come up with anything you want. Even the, the I mean, the lady that ran the little alien was standing in the room, and she was having none of it. <laughs> she was saying, oh, "Oh, that's Bob from the radio station up the road. You know, it's the only radio station that we've got in this part of the world that you can pick up." Um, yeah, but this guy was absolutely adamant that this was, you know, J two O, some alien who was talking to him and and demanding to be, pleading to be rescued and helped because he was being, um, you know, held prisoner inside Area Fifty One. Hmm. Now, presumably, you know, J two O, the little alien, was fully aware that you know, it's, uh, thirty miles away in Rachel. There was some bloke had turned on his spirit box and had suddenly and had spoken out in a quiet voice in the motel room. Is there anybody there? Do you have a message for us? There you go. Yeah, I mean it, it's fantasy. It plays to it plays to the the problem with the paranormal is it attracts serious researchers and it attracts people who are seriously interested in research. It also attracts the the deluded and the delusional because there is nothing. If you challenge these people um, and their delusions, what you usually get is the response, well, there are no experts. You cannot say for certain that that isn't the case. And then when you go, well, obviously I can't say for certain it isn't the case, but balance of probabilities and common sense dictates that you're mad. (laughs) Yeah. Most most people think I'm mad anyway. Yeah. So I, I in the old world, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's a funny world, but I and I, I just I we so often get these these uh, emails like, like that, very similar ones touting paranormal unity or, or some type of governing body or or whatever. But what what kind of like I said uh, annoyed me of this one is because it was just so broad in 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 the emergency broadcasting, and then they have. Uh, you know, special uh, clearing teams and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so you 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 are already going in there with a pre uh, preset of theory of what you're doing. Uh, you know that that the, whatever is there can be cleared first of all. You're you're saying, and you've already identified it. Evidently, if you're even aware of it, and uh, I don't know, it just it just really kind of irritate me. And 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 and. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a paranormal team. You know, absolutely that's, not. We both have. We enjoyed... both work closely with our with paranormal teams, Parascience and Northern uh, New England Ghost Project. Um, right. A team approach is a good approach because it brings balance. Because yeah. you have people who are believers, you have people who are skeptical, you have people who are somewhere in between. It, you know, this yin yang approach where you have many dis, uh, sort of a diverse range group of people with a diverse range of experiences, a diverse range of uh, beliefs and expectations, I think ultimately brings balance to a part to, to the study. Right. You know, if you, I mean, if, if, the, if you're just one on your own, you're going to be quite biased, I imagine, in your approach. Absolutely. And the, the thing, though, is if you're going to have a paranormal team and and you enjoy doing this, that's not a problem. But at least set your goals. Okay, what is the goal of your team? You know, is it is it to investigate the paranormal? Is it to clear ghosts or houses? Is it to look for Bigfoot? You know, have a goal and, and determine what you're going to do to reach that goal uh, and how you're going to reach it. You know, and, and write that stupid stuff down so that you do have a set of protocols that you use, at least for you. And then by 
mere uh, experience, you can actually hone them. You know, okay, this one worked. This didn't work for us. And at least you can, uh, you know, come up with a, a set of guidelines to follow. So that if you have a team, you're all on the same page to start with. Well, that would help, wouldn't it? The trouble is, uh, you you end up you also deal with ego and personality in a, in many many teams, um, and that's one of the issues. And um, it, it's it's a major issue actually, because what you what you do find is that often, um, when I say balance, a team brings balance. Often, um, the other the other sort of side of the coin is that the team will be led by what I call a messiah figure. This is somebody who's got an incredibly powerful oh, so, ego. So that's what you are. You're a messiah figure. That's good, I never thought it. Maybe I'll change your title for Experacus. Maybe. But you have Steve often... Steve messiah figure. Yeah, except I don't lead the team. Um, uh, <laughs> often you do end up with a team that's led by, you know, somebody with a very powerful, dominant ego. Uh, they usually have the best experiences. Members of the team look up to them with a sense of awe. And they're often mediumistic, or they may be uh, a person to whom some great secret has been foretold, or they have uh, you know, special abilities or capabilities. Uh, and, and you end up with disciples who join the team because, you know, they want to be part of that person's circle. They want to be part of, you know, the the um, connected with the person, connected with that group. There are lots of members, uh, you know, there are lots of paranormal investigators who would aspire to be members of the SPR simply because it is the SPR. Then they can, and you see it on Facebook periodically, that they boast that they have an affiliation to the Society of Psychical Research or ASAP or to something else because they they like to think that it gives them uh, credibility by association or credibility by proxy. Right. You know, uh, and that's why I hang around you, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you just give me so much credibility. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get, well, I wish it worked, I wish it worked for me. But, <laughs> But it's like it's like the cult of celebrity. You know, people like to associate with celebrities. People like to they love it when a celebrity retweets or likes one of the social media posts because they have, you know, 20 seconds of fame by association. Oh, my God, I can't believe that X retweeted my tweet. It, it, it be your own person, you know, have your own beliefs. Fight your own beliefs. You know, if, if you firmly believe in the paranormal and if you firmly and absolutely believe that your truth is, um, you know, works for you, then fight your corner. Absolutely. I respect I respect anybody that does that. You know, earlier this week, we had some Jehovah's Witnesses knock on the door as Jehovah's Witnesses want to do. Um, now. We had a fascinating 15 minute chat on the doorstep before they drove a stake through your heart. <laughs> no, because but I I respect you know I respect their beliefs I respect their their point of view and you know it's the same with the the Church of the Latter Day Saints when they come come and knocking they believe that you know it is their mission in life to go out and to speak to people about the religion as they perceive it and about the word right. of God as they perceive it I I don't have any issue with that and I'm quite happy to listen to them. Um, 
and you can have some very interesting conversations as a result of it so the world that you know I, I i welcome the diversity of opinion i welcome the diversity of ideas i hate it when people start to impose and demand that their way is the correct way and say that we will police you and that we will try to dominate you and we will try to you know uh, we will condemn you because your practices are different than our practices and that's what that paranormal group are doing you know they're saying that we will there are many many groups out there and they're all wrong but we're we're going to come along and we're going to put put up bring orders our order to this and right. we're going to attempt to dominate and suppress anybody that doesn't believe the way that we believe you know what's interesting too is is you know uh you wrote a you wrote a ghostology of course and which is mm-hmm. uh you know but once again it's not a a it doesn't tell you how to investigate it it doesn't give you I mean, it's not giving you this is the right way to do it, and everything else you do is wrong. Uh, it, am I wrong with this? Or, I, I mean, you're not. The opening I, paragraph of Ghostology. I, I read the is, title of it, so I, yeah. I think I know a little bit about it, right? Yeah. Ghostology, you know, the course and the book both are prefixed by this is not, you know, I am not going to teach you how to ghost hunt. It would be arrogant of me to even attempt to do so. What you have to find your own way forward. Here are some practices. Here are some you know, techniques that you might choose to use. But what, however you decide to implement them has got to be, you know, what works best for your group. Every group has got a different dynamic. Every, you know, organization has to find its own way in the world. And it would be, it would be arrogant beyond belief for me to uh, come along and say to people, this is how you must do it. And I'm struggling at the moment, um, which I think we're coming very, very close to a break, yeah. because I've I've been I've been charged with writing a guide to ghost hunting mm-hmm. uh, by the SPR, um, and you know I don't want to write it as a as a you must do. So I'm trying to you know sort of steer a middle course as a as a best practice rather than a you know a, a how to uh, project, mm-hmm. and made that very very clear at the start. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I don't think you can, I mean, you can go in with a, a certain protocol that you're going to use and and so forth, but uh, in reality, you also have to be reactionary as well. Uh, you know, if you're investigating a place and, okay, you 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 finding problems with, uh, uh, you know, noises coming from somewhere, you have to, you know, okay, say, all right, so I've got noises, so I have to get the equipment this and bring this thing in there to try to understand what's going on and so you, you it may not be in the original plan you you started <laughs> but you have to be reactionary to it no exactly no plan survives first contact with the enemy <laughs> <laughs> unless you have a reactionary team and yeah. anyways <laughs> i hear i hear the music somewhere so <laughs> I guess we have to take a break. You'll listen to Ghost Chronicles at the National with Steve Parson and Ron Kolek right here on Tojanet. And I guess we're not going through Pararex, but we tried anyways. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tojanet. Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future. 
then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Tonight, Ron and I are on a bit of a rant. Yeah, we're going to let it go, though, because I'm getting a little... Oh, are we? Oh, we're Yeah. Right. Is that all right, or do you really want to go on with it? No, I'm I think done. we've beaten that horse to death. I just... I don't just... think you can. Yeah, we, I don't think you can. I mean, the, the paranormal world is full of wackos and wizzos. I mean, is that... I was mindful of that guy who claimed... I mean, he's one of... New Englander from Boston, wasn't he? He claimed that he built a trap and could capture poltergeists and ghosts. Yeah, we were supposed to get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a big problem with what he was saying, though, wasn't there? You, know, yeah, you can't well. trap something you don't know what it is. Well, evidently he yeah. does. Yeah, and uh, that's that was the big thing. I was dying to speak to him because uh, I will have to dig this guy up. I, I, he I, knew what a ghost was. That's something that psychical research has beaten its brains out since yeah. it recorded time. Yeah, um, trying to understand this guy's crackpit. Mm. It's it's brutal. Anyways, uh, and yeah. a shot. Uh, not as brutal as, not as, brutal as <laughs> the shock what? that Willie's going to get later. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, moving right along, uh, we uh, there was a, a thing that you posted that's been getting a lot of uh, chit chat, uh, and that was. Uh, do you want to? Give us a synopsis of it since it was your post. Well, well, this starts, I assume you're talking about the doll. Uh, this starts off yes. with um, several weeks ago, a doll appeared on a morning television show uh, in the UK. And then it was subsequently sold. So, uh, it, it appeared with its owner at the time and was, oh, was okay. said to, I didn't know if it was just said to be, on or, it know. may have done. Um, 
subsequent to its to its appearance on the show, it, it then appeared miraculously all by itself on YouTube on uh, eBay, where it was sold for a large sum around about a thousand dollars to a Damn, paranormal nice research group in the UK, mm-hmm. who then uh, started to do their own thing with it and. Apparently, it attacked somebody, it scratched them, um, as these dolls inevitably do. And it was called back onto television to a They got it all on film, right? Uh, no. Um, it was The doll was then recalled back to the daytime television show in order to account for its sins and misdemeanors, and it was faced with Yvette Fielding, who is the leading oh. British female paranormal investigator and universal expert in, in all things. And she as part of her uh, attempt to gain the doll for a period of time, um, say, said the several things. Doubt, right? She believed that, you know, the, the doll was probably haunted and that realistically it was due, uh, these feelings and thoughts were psychometric and that psychometry had been scientifically proven. Ooh. Now, uh, psychometric testing is used by many companies and corporations in order to assess the suitability of uh, clients but i spent i wasted an hour of my life that i'm never going to get back looking for uh, some research that demonstrated scientifically tested and uh, proven uh, psychometry as as we understand it in the paranormal world i.e yeah. you gain uh, senses thoughts emotions feelings from an object by touching right. it holding it um and i couldn't I absolutely no. couldn't. So, uh, yeah, well, I yeah as I said, paper yet, so that's well, as I said to you before, it's not published, doesn't count. Oh, uh, but Yvette seemed to, you know, in her attempt to gain control of the doll for a, a limited TV amount show. of time, yeah, for a TV, <laughs> presumably, um, said, you know, that it was a, it was scientifically proven. Now, I don't have any issue with what Yvette says uh, in terms of she can say anything she likes to say, but she's saying it on a, del- a daytime mainstream terrestrial channel here in the UK. Mm. And Yvette is uh, a well-known broadcaster. She's been, um, you know, she's very well established as a, as a broadcaster. Mm. And there must have been, uh, you know, easily close to uh, half a million, perhaps more viewers to the program mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, that never went challenged. No, nobody challenged her right or her assertion that this was a scientifically proven concept. Now, what was interesting is within, within, you know, an hour or so of Yvette saying that there were people repre- uh, repeating. I was it just going to say that. Absolutely. Because Yvette said so, and therefore, yeah. you know, she said it was scientifically proven. And mm-hmm. these people were saying, see, I told you so. I knew that, you know, I've been doing psychometry for years. You know, whenever I, uh, you know, grab hold of something, it gets bigger and harder and stronger. And whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, the, the <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you'd think that broadcasters... You know, there's no prefix that this this show is for entertainment purposes only, or that the guest is about to spout a load of bullshit. Uh, they can just say what they want to say, and it is accepted blandly and blindly by the community. And this is often the problem with paranormal shows. I mean, interestingly, this same week just gone here in the UK, while we're on the subject of paranormal television, uh, we have a new show airing in the UK. It's being trumpeted around social media as we speak. Um, 
they have selected five celebrities from other reality television shows and they're going to put them into a haunted location and uh, these people are going yeah these people are going do you remember those uh, the Paul and Chris who we had on the show yes um, yeah well they're working again with Ian Lawman um, oh. and and these five celebrities um, and they're going to go ghost hunting these reality show celebrities who frankly nobody really heard of um and uh, bringing well, the skeptical voice of reason. Is that kind of like? All right, go ahead. I say bringing the skeptical voice of reason to show is Dr. Kieran O'Keefe. Oh, good, thank goodness. Um, yeah, yeah, supersonic yeah. budgies. Anyways, uh, you know what's intriguing? That sounds like uh, uh, world's scariest places. What, what was it? Linda Black used to uh, host. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah which was actually a decent show. It was fun. <laughs> it, you know, that was one of the most fun paranormal shows because they would take these, you know, American families and they would bring yeah. them to exotic European locations. They'd strap yeah. these camera systems to them. And throw them in there. And scare the bejesus out of them with special effects. And it was all entirely special effects driven. Yep. You know, they, they, they made no secret of the fact that it was special effects driven. The idea was that they would scare the crap out of these people. And they did. And they did. Um, and then their responses were fascinating because it, it gave you a great insight into the way that people responded. They would give the build-up, well, this location is the most haunted, it's the most evil location in, in Great Britain. We brought you here tonight. Which family will survive? Yeah, we're right. now going to strap the fat, pudgy kid you know, with a camera and we're going to send him in there alone. Yeah. While mommy sits in the next room and sucking a lollipop. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, it always reminded me of, do you remember National uh, Lampoon's Vacation pro, uh, uh, movie? Oh, one of my favorite, favorite yeah. ones. It was Actually, kinda... my favorite comedy is uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, well, Absolutely you know the favorite. one where they go to Europe and it, it yep. kind of reminded me of that. You know, you've got this, this sort of archetypal American family. Um, with the back, complete with backstory, and um, you know, there's there's mom, dad, uh, two kids, and then they go to this haunted location and they bond after falling out and screaming and laughing at one another, and you know, it 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 was it always reminded me sort of like National Lampoon's Ghost Ghost Hunting. I think it should have been properly the title. Yeah. Actually, it should have made it. But it was, you know. It it was one of the few paranormal shows I always used to enjoy watching, because it was set up purely as a Halloween haunted house scare, mm-hmm. and it made no pretensions. It didn't pretend to be anything else. They didn't have to investigate anything. They merely had to walk through someone and survive. Just have to survive. That's all they had yeah. to do. Can you come out the other end without wetting your pants? And if you did wet your pants, that made for better television. Absolutely. So that's interesting. But I, I actually have a question on, on this uh, psychometry thing. In, and, of course, you know I love psychometry. I, I find it fascinating. I uh, find it touching. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, I didn't know the English could pun. That's uh, cute. Uh, anyways, moving right we along. Did a, we did a bunker hill. <laughs> anyway. So uh, has there ever been any serious research done on psychometry? Well, as I said, I, I did have a look and I could find none. Um, lots of anecdotal stuff, lots of, you know, research by groups or experiments yeah. by groups. Or, um, no papers they, published or anything? Um, no, no. 
uh, there's been a few on uh, the closest I could. Uh, no, there hasn't. Not not that that um, that set out to test psychometry or the. I may be wrong. I you know I didn't look. I only spent an hour, um, and I didn't use all of the resources to do that. Um, but no, I see Clark must have done something with it. I'm sure Arthur C. Clarke did, but again, that doesn't constitute scientific paper. Uh, you know, no, sci- it doesn't. No, scientific it doesn't. reality. Uh, but I mean, there is lots of evidence. Uh, and there are lots of people who will tell you that they can psychometrize an object, that they can take a ring, that they can take an object, yep. a personal object, and they can give you a great deal of information about the person. And some of that, some of those accounts can be quite compelling. Yes, uh, but which I have witnessed. Yes, and you know, I don't, I don't doubt that people believe that they have the ability, and I don't doubt that other people believe that they have the ability. Um. What I what I was saying in the in my response is that I couldn't find any very particular claim. Yvette made a very particular claim that, and that particular claim was then taken as an objective proof by so many people, exactly. and that I think is wrong. You know, if Yvette said, um, you know, psychometry is an interesting concept that many people believe in. Obviously, I wouldn't have any objection to that. Right. It, you know, I've been doing these haunted tours with Jeremy Dontremont for the mm-hmm. raise money for the Friends of the Lighthouse uh, for, oh, God, over 10 years at least. And uh, uh, when we go and we tell the stories, and, and one of the things, we actually have a, an allergy we use. And what we tell you is absolutely the truth. It is I know witness accounts. Our, our witness testimony, our own experiences. We don't make stuff up for that particular reason. If we were to make something up on the, on the tour and somebody would go home and, and, and put it on their stupid Facebook page or snappy chappy or whatever the hell it is and uh, somebody else doing research on the fort might find it and say this is this and it gets carried on pretty much like it, it did with Yvette mm-hmm. and, and before you know it, it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's absolutely the truth and it isn't so I think that's really uh, an important factor in everything we do is, is you know, is, is even in entertaining, if, if you, we, you know, we do ghost hunts, public ghost hunts, and different. the idea is not to deceive, but to, no. you know, just, oh, there you go. Oh, well, I mean, when we've been doing ghostology uh, study days, one of the things that I've done on a number of occasions, and in fact, I've used it on ghost hunts as well, is I've, I've spoken to the guides beforehand because some, some of the um, events or, or days will include a walk around with, you know, the guide from the location. Right. And on some occasions, we've actually slipped in a story. We've actually taken a story from another location and and you know tra- tra- oh i see you're it. going right? yep i see you going right? yep. and what what's and we've sold that we you know we've sold them a sucker uh, right exactly and one of the interesting things is how many people will go with that and how many people will come back and report it and then you explain to them at the end well you know this was something i sold you right we created this to show you it, it, it it's illustrative of how people don't think critically that they take because they trust the guide because the guide is taking them around and therefore you know they've never met this person before they don't know them from adam and yet their status gives them a a sort of trusted position that people accept everything universally without question 
and yet um you know we demonstrate that people who you would you know ordinarily trust can can sometimes throw you you know a curveball and they, they can lie to you and in, in in the case of ghost tours and in the case of I mean, we have many many uh, locations cities towns in the uk castles that have, that have ghost tours now a ghost tour a ghost um you know it's something it is primarily for entertainment it's understood and the person taking it around as a storyteller they are i think almost duty bound to um entertain and to elaborate there's a great tradition of storytelling Mm -hmm. through the ancient amerindians you know through the celtic nations through through you know our shared history mm-hmm. we when you tell a story you you embellish certain parts you'll play down other bits because the idea is you want to capture the audience you want to enthrall them entertain them and that's what these ghost tours are and i think people many people don't actually critically question what they're being told they just absolutely accept what they're being told mm-hmm. but there is a duty you know when you do a public ghost investigation and we've both done many uh, you know public public access ghost right. hunting, people their expectation is they've paid their twenty dollars or, or however much they've paid and they want primarily to be entertained they want to have a good night they want to have a good experience they want something to happen um it's kind of like the halloween haunted house scenario they want to come along and encounter the paranormal be safe and have the bejesus scared out of them and you as the host there is a uh, requirement almost no there is an absolute requirement to fulfill that desire that expectation and so you will change the emphasis in the way that things are done you will alter um you know subtly alter almost without without uh, considering it you will subtly alter the way that you will deliver a story the words that you will choose to give people the what they expect true, true. and on the other side too is i think you have to yeah on the other side too, we have people that uh may have experiences but once again they use their uh logical skeptical whatever you want to say i'm trying to look for the proper word i'm not coming off with it but they they begin to rationalize Uh in a lot of times without reporting the experiences so that experience is lost so it's a kind of a double-edged sword as well i mean you can get people who have a unique experience uh, certainly one worth talking about, and yet they'll they'll rationalize it away so be, be, and it's never never heard never uh you know reported well one of the I was talking before the break about this um ghost hunting guide that I've been commissioned to write, and one of the things that it comes down to um one of the sections I was working on earlier this week involves keeping a journal a journal of experiences and also the investigators notes form part of that sort of overall journal and i was very very um i i made a great point of stressing that at no point should that journal ever be um edited that you should take the original scribbly piece of paper that somebody writes and you know if they offer to go write it more legibly 
audit and to send it you by email later in the week, you should reject that and take the original piece of information. Good point. Policy. Good point. Because that person will go away and they will rationalize and they will consider, um, you know, they they will consider what they're putting down. They will choose words uh, and change the emphasis of words and thereby change the report of the experience and what you really need to capture as an investigator is as much of that original experience as you can because ordinarily you probably weren't there um, you know it's the case with ufos with cryptids with with ghosts the investigator you know in the majority of cases and times was not there uh, and they're reliant purely on somebody's testimony and if that testimony has been rationalized then it starts to deviate from the original perception and from the original experience. And, the, you know, the more it deviates, the less and less you are in touch with the original event. Agreed. So it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting what we do, and I, I really love what we do, but it's so flawed in so many ways, and it's, it's difficult to keep it, uh, you know, all sorted out. Uh, properly and 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 because what what we do, I mean, some you and I both do some serious investigations, and we both do these public ghost hunts, uh -huh. and sometimes, uh, and we do these radio shows, and sometimes the perception of who and what we do is slanted by whatever uh, media source that's being uh, exposed to that particular person. Yeah. I mean, we, <clears throat> you do, you have to adapt your approach to suit me. I would never dream of, you know, there is a vast difference um, between a public access ghost uh, investigation experience mm -hmm. and a real world investigation, you know. The, but what you can offer to give people, you can take elements of, of one, you can take elements of the investigation and transpose that. Uh, but you are there primarily, and you have to understand that you're there primarily for two completely different things. You can use absolutely, this. and where I've always had an issue with with uh, groups with, that offer public access events is that they don't necessarily make it clear. They they promote what they're doing as an investigation, and don't say that. Well, you can't really do an investigation with thirty or forty or fifty people tromping around a building. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, this is they also I mean, what's very, very fashionable as well here in the UK at the moment is a, uh, they, they will prefix uh, an investigation, a public access investigation, or they will prefix some um, some video or some something that they're doing on social media by saying that, you know, uh, that they will emphasize that most haunted or some other television program, Ghost Adventures or pick anyone you like that's television we are reality and then duplicate exactly what they what is done on you know on the media show you know they by criticizing it they give themselves credibility i i would say that they would have more credibility if they were just up front and open and say this uh, tonight is for entertainment but we will use elements of you know real world investigation techniques to give you an idea of what you know of what these things involve versus uh you know tonight you will you will be able to use a ouija board and an x and a, an xbox connect head and you know what you're seeing are real are real paranormal entities 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all intriguing. It's it's all interesting. I know we're coming down towards the end of the show, but uh, speaking about entertainment, uh, you are coming over here, so I am always always entertaining. And uh, uh, <clears throat> it is for somebody. <laughs> yeah, not for me. <laughs> Uh, I, I still wonder why I do this every year. You just like visiting the office for the. Uh, what, I'm just trying to remember. Is it is it a pumpkin? The, the crumb... warm brown, or is that what you? No, call? no, that's what I have. Pumpkin crumb cake. That's not me. Yeah, whatever. It is. It is. It's for breakfast. No, that's Stephen Parson. No, I just no, have the. No, Stephen. Stephen uh, Scott. Stephen Steven. Scott. Yeah, I have the. I have the turbo shot. You have the pumpkin crumb pie. Yeah, we're, we're warm. It's a... uh, mute. <laughs> wait, we got warm brown. Or is that what you warm call brown? Coffee? Warm brown. Yes. Yeah, that's Dunkin' yes. Donuts coffee. Warm brown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, you are coming over Spirit Quest, which is yeah. really exciting. Houdini and Doyle. Houdini and Doyle. We we posted uh, some of the stuff. I sent out the uh, the new newsletter. Uh, you can also see it on my Facebook page, and I'm sure you shared it as well. I did. And I'm really, <laughs> I did. Was I waited for the pause. <laughs> no, I did, and I'm really looking forward to it because one of the you great what, things. You is, know what is, I'm really interested in, Steve? That? that you're going to be doing is is uh, spring uh, heel Jack. Well, he's he's one of those great mythological figures, um, or maybe not a mythological figure, because you know in the Victorian era. And into the Edwardian, um, you know, era, and not just here in the UK, but across the Atlantic in North America, people Ooh. reported this entity they called Springheel Jack, and he became, he became inexorably linked with Jack the Ripper. Simply, I, I think, you know, as far as I can determine, purely because his name was Jack, and yeah, you know, there, there was no other real links between them. Yeah, I always get you and Stephen Scott mixed up. Yeah, it's an easy mistake to make. Um, yeah. <laughs> But he's a fa- it's it's a fascinating, perhaps mythological piece of urban folklore, with perhaps some shred of reality mixed in with it. And, and so it's been I, fasc- I'm intrigued about been fascinating, that. you know, researching to do the talk as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm, I'm excited to to see that. And uh, there's going to be so many things uh, there that uh, you know. Of course, we uh, we will have a reproduction of the Harry Houdini show. I've got to admit that that's the thing that's the highlight for me. Seeing Steve and Rich um, perform their bizarre magic and their Houdini magic and Houdini escapology. Well, we, we actually will. Uh, you'll see them both because yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's, Rich will be doing his thing on Friday night, and then on Sunday, uh, Steve will be doing uh, the haunted Connecticut experience on Sunday afternoon. So, you know. If if you're bought, if you even if you're not interested in the paranormal, um, and some people aren't, you know, there may be listeners. Right. I know we've got listeners that aren't that interested in the paranormal, but they like the radio show nonetheless. Yeah. Um, if you have any uh, fascination or interest in bizarre magic, uh, performance magic, or you know, the, uh, Houdini escape then that in itself is worth the admission price for Spirit Quest. And it's one of the key reasons, you know, it's one of the highlights of the weekend for me. Um, you know, That's going to be on Friday night. Friday night we're having a fancy dress dinner, which is costume for those in the States. And 
then we're going to, after that, we have the, uh, there's going to be some entertainment and stuff as, uh, as well. Oh, you know what we have? We have the William Hope, William Mumbler photo booth, so you can get your picture taken with the ghost. So that's, that's always good, right? I think we have a haunted house, don't we? Uh, we do have a haunted house on Saturday night. So, uh, yeah. But the, the Harry Houdini show is just as it was. They, it combines the escapism, the magic, and the exposing of the medium. So, I mean, I think it's it's going to be a lot of... As I said, um, what's her name? Did enough, Mina Crandon did enough exposing of herself. <laughs> she didn't need Houdini's help. Margaret. Yeah, Margaret. Marjorie. 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 In fact, um, didn't he lock her in a... Didn't he encompass her from head to toe in a box to stop her exposing herself quite so often? Could be. I'm not sure. Which she didn't complain her about. Did mine? Mm. No, uh, early forms of uh, New England swingers. Evidently. So that's going to be on uh, Friday night. And then, of course, we have the Psyche Detective. Oh, Psyche Detective, Haunted House, and Houdini Seance. And the Fairy Trail. So all in one. Oh, it's so bu- much. We're building fairy houses as well, aren't we? And the, ana- the Haunted House Diary, the anatomy of the uh, Houghton Mansion. Given yeah. by Josh Mantello, so that's going to be awesome too. You've forgotten all the fairies. Yeah, the fairies are coming too. So, anyways, here's the music, and speaking Little of fairies, fairies we got to go too. So, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we've got an announcement to make uh, tomorrow night. I believe we're going to make it uh, for a Halloween special, Halloween thing. So, tune in tomorrow night, and good night. God bless. Thank you, bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.